Keisha, to start with, what is probation and, and what are your duties as chief probation officer? Well, probation is um, a set of terms that we order a child to be placed on when they're found guilty of committing a crime. Sometimes they're found guilty. Um, sometimes they plead guilty. And so it's called an adjudication hearing. And like I said, that's basically just, you know, to determine whether that child is guilty or not, or whether they want to plead to whatever their, the charges or charge is. And then you oversee all this yourself. Um, yes, sir. Well, we have court and in the courtroom there, of course, there's the judge, there's the prosecutor, the defense attorney, and the child's legal guardian. And then myself, of course. Right. It, it seems like uh, your heart is to, to make a difference and, and turn a young person around if they started taking the wrong path. Tell us about that. Well, actually, I try to start um, to, I, I try, if I can, to start getting involved prior to the parent coming to juvenile court. Um, I have parents who call often about, you know, my child is unruly. I need help. I don't know what to do. Where can I start? And we normally make referrals to different agencies. Some of those agencies may be for drug treatment some of outpatient drug treatment, some of those agencies may um, provide mental health services. You know, some of those agencies provide counseling, family and individual counseling. So we try to get involved, you know, prior to um, a family coming into the court. And sometimes we just have to take that route because parents often say, well, my child won't voluntarily go to get a mini evaluation or to, um, you know, receive counseling. So we try to figure out, you know, ways that if that is the case, but maybe, you know, if there is a charge that comes before the court, then maybe we can just, you know, um, get the, once the case comes to court, get that child to be ordered to attend or receive those services. What can lead a teenager into trouble and, and criminal behavior? Well, a lot of times um, children commit crimes because they have no guidance. They don't have that mom or dad who's actually active. And therefore, they go out and they commit crimes. They, um, you know, they, they turn to drugs. They turn to peers who are neg a negative influence on them. And that leads them sometimes to commit crimes. So you apparently go out of your way to try to find out what the reason is behind this and, and to help guide them? Yes, I do. Um, when they come, like if a parent comes to me or even if a child has been charged and they, you know, do their initial, um, I do that initial intake process, I ask questions, you know, um, how are you feeling today? What, what? do you have going on at home? What do you have going on at school? Because and I've always said that children do what they do for a reason, whether it's good or whether it's bad. And, and there are children who just sometimes, you know, they just do stuff just to do it. But um, I have heard them say, well, my mom doesn't love me or my father is not present. I even had one child to say, well, my father saw me in the store and walked right past me. So I go, you know, to steal because 
that is the only thing I have to do because I don't have that love at home. I have it to my friends and I tell them your friends, your real friends are not going to be there with you when you do those bad things. They're going to encourage you to not do those bad things. Can music and social media also have a wrong influence at times? Um, at times it can, but I know majority of my youth is mainly peer pressure or lack of, you know, um, love in the home. And, you know, sometimes music may be um, a negative influence, but I know for me, I don't see that having a major impact. It may have an impact, but it doesn't have a major impact, in my opinion. It seems like uh, one thing that could be lacking sometimes in, in a young person's life is is the idea of hope. How do you explain hope to them and maybe set them on a path to, to find something good? Well, I always tell them that you don't have to be a product of your environment. You know, you don't have to. Well, just because I grew up in the projects, I'm going to always be here. I'm going to always, you know, I'm, I'm never going to amount to anything. I'm always going to be on government assistance. And that is not the case. I tell them that you you can rise above that. You know, it's okay to get government assistance because, you know, everyone falls on hard times, but you should want to do better to for yourself, first of all, for yourself and for your family to make them proud. And it strikes me that this is more than just a job for you, that you really, really want to help kids. What is in your heart for helping kids out? Well, I know that some kids don't have that love and affection at home. And sad enough to say, when they go to school, that's the only time they get a um, a hot meal. That's the only time they get that love and affection. That's the only time they feel wanted when they're at school around teachers um, and administrators who love them because they love what they do. And so when they get to me, it's the same thing. And, you know, I've had kids who the first time they met me, they didn't say anything. They didn't want to talk. And that's okay because they don't they don't know me because it's their first time meeting me. But upon me talking to them, they get to warm up and they just release whatever they're feeling, whether it's crying, whether it's screaming, um, to let out that frustration, you know, and I allow them to do that, you know, because they they have built in. So I allow them to release it out. I was reading where in your own personal history where you talked about making a long-distance move and you woke up and heard cows. Could you tell us about that? Yes, sir. Um, I'm originally from Saginaw, Michigan. And so my mom got um, remarried, and we ended up moving to Alabama in 1994. And it was a big culture shock because I'm used to being in the city, um, I was going to, you know, a private school and then we ended up moving down here and we're surrounded by cows. <laughs> you know, we had a pasture to our left and sometimes they would get out. And so one night I heard something at the window and I looked out the window and it was a cow. So <laughs> just sitting there staring at you. Uh, <laughs> now you are a woman of faith. How does that guide you? I know that myself alone, I can't do a lot of the things that I do. 
So I go to God and I ask him for strength and I ask him for peace because I don't want my feelings to get in the way and hinder my purpose and my passion. And seeking strength and peace from God has really helped me, um, you know, to pursue my passion and my um, my purpose in life to help the youth. Because it, it, it takes a lot, you know, especially patience. It takes a lot of patience dealing with them because they have a lot of hurt built inside. And a lot of people don't know how to deal with that. And so they just, you know, just take their hands off. But that's not what they need at that moment. They need reassurance. And that's what I give them. And I seek that from God. All right. Tisha, I really appreciate you sharing your heart with us. You're welcome. I appreciate you um, reaching out to me. Thank you.